Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness to us through the ups and downs. And through this crazy week we've seen, you've been faithful to us, Lord. We don't take it for granted. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your consistency in our lives that there are times when we're not consistent, but you never fail. We thank you. We pray for each and every one that's gathered today, Lord, that you would speak to them and that you would ultimately draw us closer to you. Now, we want to know you more. We want to live for you. We want to please you. Most of all, we want to fulfill your purpose for our lives in the earth. So bless this time together, Lord. And let us leave here refreshed, encouraged, um, and impassioned to be your hands and feet in this earth. This is our prayer, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are in our series, Just Pray. Our attempt in this series is to really bring prayer home to the point where we can just pray. And last week, we started by talking about, first of all, who are we praying to, right? Who are we praying to? And understanding that we're praying to the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the ancient of days, the first and the last, the God who created every single thing, we're talking to him. It's an opportunity to talk to him. And our posture should reflect the fact that we're talking to God, right? So if we approach God that way and we approach prayer that way, that is fundamentally how we will get that assurance that, number one, we're being heard. Because you're approaching God with humility. You're approaching him with respect. You're approaching him with an understanding of who he is. And then at the end of the day, your posture will be humble because you understand who you are. Today, we want to go a little deeper. We're going to go back to Luke, the 11th chapter. And uh, we're going to start with the first verse. We'll go down to the second verse today. And we're just going to kind of explore this a little deeper as far as the fundamentals and the foundation of what prayer is, okay? In the coming weeks, we're going to go deeper. As the Lord leads, we're going to open up more about the types of prayer and um, how you should pray and what, what effective prayer looks like, what effective prayer doesn't look like, you know, all those things. But thought it was important for us to kind of talk about just what prayer is in its bare basic sense and then work our way forward. And who better to teach us to pray than Jesus? Who better to teach us to pray than the Son of God? So many of us are familiar with the Lord's Prayer, right? And I found it interesting that when the disciples noticed that Jesus was constantly praying and talking to God and seeing the fruit of his life after this thing, uh, they began to say, you know what? Teach us to pray. And I noticed that in this particular text here, it doesn't say teach us how to pray. It says teach us to pray. Speaking to the importance of just praying. Speaking to the importance of why it is important to have a relational communication with the Father, God Almighty. Why is it important for us to continually put ourselves 
in the presence of God and talk to him. And not only talk to him, but learn to listen to him. What is so important about this? So the disciples say, you know what, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us what you're doing. We want to do what you're doing. Because when we see the fruit of what you're doing, we want to do that. So it also speaks to the fact that um, the disciples give us a beautiful example of what it means to be, or what it means to desire to imitate the Lord. Like what it means to desire to be like him and not just be like him in mannerisms or be like him in what the response that he's getting, but being like him because of who he is. Being like him as closely aligned in your heart as possible. So they ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. Then Jesus opens up and says, okay, when you pray, start out with our father. Start out with the acknowledgement that we are talking to our father. That when you're talking to God, we, all of us together, are talking to the Father. Put the Lord in his place. And once you do that, then who art in heaven? Remember your place. Remember that he is in heaven and you are on earth. Remember that his perspective is higher than yours. Remember that his, the way he thinks is higher than the way you think. The Bible says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. So there is a distance in intellect. There is a distance in experience. There's a distance in knowledge that God has that we have. So that will affect our posture and how we approach God, right? So our Father, who art in heaven, today we want to talk about hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Notice Jesus starts this prayer off. And it's all about God. The prayer model that Jesus is teaching them is when you approach the holy God, the first breaths that you take, the first thoughts that you put together should be acknowledging God for who he is, acknowledging the fullness of God as much as you can conceive of him. This speaks to the pace of prayer, right? It speaks to the posture and the pace of prayer. That a lot of times when we want to pray, we are driven by the urgency of our need. It reminds me of, uh, I was having a conversation with, with our children this week and just thinking about um, how much we know that is working for our benefit and how much we perceive that is not. So my son and I, we were having a conversation and you know, he just had a birthday, everybody. So, you know, he, they're growing up, you know, and, and we, honestly, we feel, we, I feel old, to be honest with you now, because I, I can't believe it. I, I remember when he was a little football in my arms, and now, you know, he's got, he's grown up into this full human being with an opinion and, and things like that. It's amazing. So, anyway, um, we were having a conversation about the role of a parent and the role of a child. You know, every now and then you got to have that conversation with your kids to remind them of who they are in this relationship and who we are in this relationship. Because a lot of times when we get comfortable with people, we can get it twisted. So as I was talking to him, this image came to me of, okay, I know he's into technology and all that stuff. So I said, um, have you ever seen the inside of a watch? And he said, no, I haven't seen it. I said, okay, well, go ahead and Google the inside of a watch. He Googles it, his eyes open. Wow. And I say, yeah, all you've been seeing is the face, right? All you've seen is those dials and the numbers and all that. 
The point is, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that you don't realize is working so that you can know what time it is. And it's the same thing in our relationship with God. There's a lot going on behind the scenes, outside of what we see, outside of our life, that God is allowing to happen. And sometimes those things are not good. Sometimes those things don't feel good to us. But ultimately, it's working for a greater purpose. When we are praying and when we are approaching God, understanding who God is, understanding where God is, understanding the sovereignty of God is important to us being able to appreciate the fruit of our prayers. So hallowed be your name means we are humbling ourselves. We are humbling our own names. And when you say name is reputation, right? So hallowed be your name, hallowed be your reputation, hallowed be who you are called in all of its grandeur. Hallowed be your name, not mine. So when I'm praying, I'm praying because I am not my own source. I'm praying because I don't have my own answer. It speaks to the posture of humility that is necessary for us to even formulate a concept of prayer. That when we come to God, sometimes it's like, you know, and we said this last time, like it's, it's, it's the plan B. Like, okay, man, this, this, is, this has gotten far beyond my control now. Like this has gotten a little too much for me now. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, let's, let's just pray about it now. And instead of prayer being the first resort, prayer is just something that we do as a part of the plan for what we want to accomplish. And the challenge here in this series is for us to really come into a greater appreciation for what prayer is and for who we're praying to. So hallowed be your name. Like, and I love your structure on how you pray. Mm-hmm. Like how you, That's what I was, yeah. I was just looking up. So I, and I, I was just trying to wait for no, go ahead. a time to come in. But um, reading that, that particular part of the Lord's Prayer reminds me of uh, Psalms 100, where it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And that, that was a model that I, myself personally, if you notice when I pray, I'll always say, we thank you. And then we praise you because I'm trying to get my mind to a place of first understanding that I need to come to God with gratefulness and thankfulness for what he's already done and for who he already is and who he is, despite what I'm coming to him with or what needs I may have or what concerns I may have. First and foremost, thank you. Yeah. And that, that, that's a pet peeve of mine, naturally. <laughs> when, some, when you give somebody something and they don't say thank you, I'm going, okay, <laughs> what, what's next? Right. Because that's just, that's just manners. If someone gives you something, you say thank you. So thank you for this day. Thank you for breath. Thank you for the things that you've given us. Yeah. And then my mind goes <clears throat> to the next progression, which is praise. And, and I, was, I was thinking about also how that correlates with the tabernacle. So in the Old Testament, the way the the Israelites had it structured, there was an outer court, right, where, you know, you were allowed in. And then the next phase would be the inner court. And then after that would be the Holy of Holies. Mm -hmm. The Holy of Holies was where only the priests could go, right? I believe it was once a year. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that that sort of correlates to the structure of prayer, really, you know, coming to God with thanksgiving. And then you get to another phase where you're praising God for who he is 
and for just being God. And then once you get to that place or get through that stage, then you can get to God and be before his throne and, and request things and ask things and, and sort of, you know, like I always say, there's levels to this. You don't just burst in a door and start demanding things. That's not polite. And of course, there are times when there's an urgency and you just have to pray, Lord, help me, mm -hmm. Lord, help. Or, you know, but your spirit has already gotten to that place of thanking him and praising him to get to that next stage. So that I just, you know, yeah. that that's a model that I like to take on when, you know, I pray is starting by th Thanksgiving and then going into the next stage of praise. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the way you put it. And, and the real life example is there are times where, you know, it's just an emergency. And it's like, Lord, I need you right now. Help me. Right. But think about it like this. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. Men are to always pray and not faint. Right. Right. And last time we talked about prayer at its foundation calls for persistence. It calls for perseverance. Right. Because think about it. If you are given this right to communicate with God. You are given this privilege through Christ to talk to God. The forces of darkness don't want you to talk to God. The forces of darkness want you to make your own way. They want you to walk in their life blind. The enemy of your soul doesn't want you to talk to God. So thinking about it, like you're communicating with the Lord all day long in your spirit, but your posture is that of respect to the Lord because you realize he knows all things. Right. So say you, you have an emergency. Lord, help me. God, God I need help. I, I, this is crazy. You know, this is an immediate situation. It's less of you barging into his presence, kicking the door down in an emergency when you have been speaking to him the whole day. That you are slowing yourself down and you are slowing your mind down enough to realize God has been good to me. And we don't just package that up. And that's what this beautiful thing about hallowed be your name. It means revered. It means respect. It means highly praised. So in order for us to do that to God, we must begin to meditate on what his goodness is towards us. So that causes you to now open up that watch and explore the mechanisms. So it's not, thank God this watch is working. It's thank God how this watch is working. Lord, I thank you for all these gears. I thank you the fact that I don't understand this watch. I don't know how it works, but it's working. But in order to worship you, I'm going to try to understand and try to really appreciate the gravity of this working watch. That brings our mind down into a posture of worship where now we can really get into an agreement with God so that when we make this request, the request will also have faith in it. That he who comes to the Lord must first believe that he is. Mm -hmm and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So believing that he is takes faith. And how many times of us can we relate to, to the fact that we're praying for stuff or we're asking or making petitions, but we don't really believe. It just becomes something that we did. But there's this reservation in our confidence that I ask God, it's in his hands, I'm moving on. I'd like to suggest that it's possible that we breathe through the hollow part. And also the fact that it says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means to be holy or consecrated. Mm -hmm. So consecrated would be for a specific use, right? Or mm. uh, for certain types of uses. So 
I think of, um, you know, many of you may know, I, I released a song last year in April and the name of it is called The Name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it, it, there's a, a scripture in Proverbs that says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. There's a theme, a recurring theme that the power is in the name. Hebrews 6 and 13 says, and the New Living Translation says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name. Mm. So his name is what fuels or gives the power. So when you see his name, that means he's standing behind it because mm -hmm. there's nothing else on earth that he can stand behind like his name. Mm -hmm. So if I put my name on it and you're coming to God in his name, then... There's a I track mean, record there. Right. There's a track record. And so many times, and that is, that's so good, so many times we approach God, there's this real focus on what we're asking for. There's this real focus on what we feel like we need or we want. And it, the temptation to work ourselves up to request it or to work ourselves up to pray and ask about it. Um, I want to challenge us to focus on his name, that it's his reputation. It's that it's God I'm talking to prayer allows heaven access to earth that you praying but it's more than you having a conversation with your creator it's allowing heaven to come down to earth and allowing god to intervene in our situation that's a powerful thing and no wonder prayer is one of those things that's confusing and misunderstood and it's got all these things around it to keep us from just praying so the next, the next phrase um, in that second verse, your kingdom come, your will be done. We heard this prayer so many times at weddings, at funerals, thinking about the purpose of prayer and that the purpose of it is not only that we get to talk to the God of creation, but that also it's about his kingdom coming on earth that the way things are in heaven, we pray and allow that to come into our situations. What's going on in heaven? Well, there's peace there. There's love there. There's healing there. There's the fullness of joy. There's the presence of the Lord and everything that comes with that. Man, do we need that in this earth? All the pain that we're seeing, all, all, the, all the strife, all the division, all the hurt, all the death, all the loss, all of this stuff is happening in our dimension. And the way we get heaven on earth is we pray. And God has given us through Christ the ability to bring heaven down into our situations when we just pray. So imagine how much heaven we're missing out on by not praying. By not inviting God into our situation, by not allowing the presence of God to navigate our day for us when we first wake up. Lord, I, I thank you for this day that belongs to you that I wouldn't have if it wasn't for you. I'm not going to jump into my request for today. Let me just pause. Thank you for allowing my heart to beat through the night. I don't even remember. When I went to sleep, when I fell asleep, but you watched over me the whole night. 
Not only that, you kept my family safe. You kept my kids' hearts beating. You kept my family. And it's less of a ritual thing, but it's more so of a posture. And that's kind of, I think, what we're trying to help us to see. Right. Right? That it's not something like I did my daily prayers. It's, it's not that. It's a posture of respecting the fact that you have a right to bring heaven on earth. You have a right to talk to your creator. And you use it. It's not about just knowing the right. I got a right to be a child of God. Yes. But are you maximizing that right? Are you using that right? Are you using this privilege to talk to God? Right. Because, I mean, praying this prayer is fine. You know, we do it all the time, like you just said. Mm -hmm. We do it at weddings. We do funerals. We do it in services. It's okay. But using it more so as a template for how we think and approach prayer and our posture towards prayer. Like, I, I, I just look at the two lines. It says, your kingdom come. Yes. Your will be done. Yes. So then that means, because humans are naturally selfish. Mm -hmm. That's just the truth. We are. We're, we're, we're constantly thinking about what's in it for us. What, what can we get out of something? What, 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 when are my needs going to be met? Mm -hmm. I, I need something. I, so, so naturally, when we approach God, there is a tinge, or there may be, I won't speak for every single person, but there may be a tinge of selfishness, right? Or self-centeredness. But... Approaching prayer from the standpoint of looking upward, mm -hmm. you know, like we've been saying, you know, our father, who we're talking to, don't get it twisted. You're talking to your father, not your equal, right. not your peer. This is your father. Okay. You're in heaven. I'm on earth. So that means where I am physically versus where you are. And even uh, spiritually, hallowed be your name. Your name is holy, not mine. I'm coming in on the strength of your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. So that means I'm flipping the script and I'm not asking or inquiring about what I want to happen. Because I think a lot of times when we approach prayer, some of us, we think praying is changing God's mind. Mm -hmm. So us going to God in prayer and praying about something over and over again will eventually, you know, like kids do with yeah. their parents, yep. you know, you eventually will wear him down. Or, you know, okay, can I have this? Can I have that? Can I have that? And if they don't say anything, then you keep asking, can I have, can I have, can that's what our, our youngest does. And and they'll, she'll come back a half an hour later as though she never asked, <laughs> thinking we have amnesia and we'll all of a sudden uh, grant her request. But God is not like that. He, he, he's, it's what he decides and what his will is. So changing our prayer to, your kingdom comes. So that means whatever you have decided that you want to be accomplished, God, that's what we are going to pray. We are agreeing with you. We are agreeing with your kingdom coming down. So that means whatever you have established, that's what we're going to go with. Your will be done. What you want to happen, what you want to take place, it's not about what I want. I can say what I want, but at the end of the day, it's your will be done. And it makes me think of Jesus in the garden. Yeah. When he was praying, right before he was getting ready to be crucified. Now here, this is the savior of the universe, the, like savior of humanity. And he was God in the flesh. So, I mean, he knew what the purpose was, but he, in this moment, his flesh is what spoke. And he said, Lord, I'm praying that this cup be removed from me. I don't yeah. want to have to do this. 
but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So, you know, just keeping in mind, you know, or putting perspective rather, the words that are used, your will be done, your kingdom come. 100%. Uh, while you were talking, this scripture came to me, 1 John 5, 15. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked him. Verse 14, go back up. And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Right? That kind of ties into mm -hmm. what you were saying about the fact that when we pray, it's thy kingdom come, your kingdom come, your purpose, your will in the earth. So it's very important that we understand um, the posture of God towards us, God's character towards us, and then put that in the right context as far as our posture towards him. Our Father, like you said, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. That ultimately we are on this earth to bring your kingdom down. That's where people get their needs met. That's where people's hearts get healed. That's where people get delivered and set free from things. That's where people start seeing the light and understanding that God has a plan for their life is when we pray for God's kingdom to come down, that everything aligns according to his will. That's when peace comes on earth. That's when strife dissipates. That's when there's unity. That's when there's love. When God is invited in situation. How does he get invited? Just pray. Understanding what God wants. How do we understand what God wants? Well, we got to spend time with him. We got to set our hearts to understand his word. We got to set our hearts to be in community where the word is being talked about, where God's presence is being praised and adored and respected. Spending time with God so that when we pray from that perspective, we know that we are being heard. Not we feel like we're being heard. We know we are. There is a knowing that this whole thing is about. And if, anything, if we take anything away from this, I pray that we take this whole concept of prayer out of the realm of feeling and into the realm of knowing out of the realm of feeling like praying, into the realm of knowing I should pray. Getting out of the realm of feeling like God heard and getting into the realm of knowing God heard because I've aligned myself with how I should approach him. And if I do that, then the Bible says he hears me. So I know he heard me. So if I know he heard me, I ain't gonna worry about it no more. And I, I like the way, uh... Miles Monroe, I love the way Miles Monroe put it, actually. Miles Monroe um, was a very powerful uh, awesome. teacher in the Word. Awesome, yeah. Um, but he gave the example one time he was preaching on or speaking on prayer, and he said how Jesus is basically, uh, the Spirit is basically a counselor, right? He, he's, he's referred to as a counselor. Mm -hmm. And lawyers are also referred to as counselors. Mm -hmm. And he, he gave the example about how uh, the Spirit there's a scripture that talks about the spirit bringing back to your remembrance the things that you've learned. Yeah. Um, that's what Jesus said the spirit, the Holy Spirit would do. Mm -hmm. So he, he used the example of how lawyers, when they are fighting a case or they're, they're proving a case, they're not going, he said, lawyers are not smart people. They just have good memories because what they do is they either remember what the law says or they know where to find it. 
at a moment's notice mm -hmm. so that he could they can look on a book grab the book and know exactly what line and statute and and clause or whatever it is that the law language is and they can retrieve what they need to prove their point just like the spirit he brings back to our remembrance the scriptures that we've learned the scriptures we've studied mm -hmm. so that we can at a moment's notice or at a particular instance retrieve the scripture that's needed so that we're basically and when you're in court what is the lawyer doing he's just reciting what the law says right in order to prove his case mm -hmm. so when we pray praying his point was basically when you pray praying the scriptures back to god or praying his word back to him is what brings results because you're not going on the strength of you or what you say it's because the lawyer a, a judge can go i don't care what you say what does the law say mm -hmm. so reciting back to god you said in your word book this chapter this verse this that if i ask anything according to your will Amen. You'll give it. Amen. If I abide in you and your word and you abide in me, I can ask anything and it will be done Amen. because I'm abiding in you. So, you know, just keeping that in mind, you know, when, when you pray that it goes along with. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Amen. taking over. No, go ahead. No, that's good. Go ahead. You're absolutely right. Just, you know, when you when you're praying according to his will or, or, or like the, the line says, your will be done. That's my spiel. <laughs> that's it. And notice how much pressure that takes off of us, right? Because a lot of times when we pray, it's kind of like we feel like we got to help it work, right? So then that, 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 that is getting into that feeling realm again, right? Like I feel like I, and then we got the anxiety that comes because now when you give it to God, you have to actually trust. Yes. You have to trust in the fact that he's going to do it. Well, if you understand who he is, you know he can't lie and he doesn't know how to fail. And if you understand that he loves me, he wants the best for me, that even if the answer is not what I like, right. I know the end result is going to be good for me. Why? Because I'm talking to God. I didn't give it to my friend who is also human, who mm -hmm. could possibly forget. And if anything, not understand the gravity of my request. I'm giving it to God who knows my thoughts are far off. But then also because he's the only one that has the power to grant it. 100%. I'm not going to, if I have a need, I'm not going to somebody that can't fulfill it. Yeah. Because I'm just, otherwise I'm just venting. I'd, I'd rather just <laughs> go to the person where I can get what I actually need. Right. Yeah. And I love that. God is bound by his own word. So this is why prayer works. Prayer works because God can't lie. Prayer works because God is holy. Last part here just for today is, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So notice when Jesus first starts out telling them or showing them this model prayer, he's kept it all in heaven for a long time. He's kept the mentality of the prayer in heaven. He didn't bring it down to earth yet. He's in heaven where God is. That's, that's the mindset of prayer. Prayer is, allows us to escape this earth for a few minutes to go into heaven to understand what God really wants. And bring what God wants down into your life. Bring what God wants down into your situation. Bring God's ability, his sovereign ability down into your life. So that when we pray, we don't have time to worry. Because we understand that everything God says in heaven is done. 
everything God wants. Heaven is a place where God's purpose, God's plan is complete. It is whole. It is done. Think about that, right? Everything God wants, the peace that he's always intended for, for people to share, the love, no death, no crime, no ill motives, none of that stuff, no sin, none of that stuff is up there. Prayer gives us the access to get a little piece of that and bring it down. And this is why prayer has fought so much, because the less we pray, the less heavenly earth is. The less we pray, the less heavenly our lives are. The less we pray, the more worried we are. The less we pray, the more anxious we are. The less we pray, the less peace we have. So this is why we are urging us, if anything, just pray. Just pray. Just pray. Get to know God. Get to know God. Dedicate your mind and your heart to getting to know the Lord. And not just for your own purpose, but that other people around us, all the people who are hurt looking for hope, crying out for help, will find the light of God through your life. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. And we praise you, God, for just being God Amen. to us. We praise you for being a good, good father. We just thank you Amen. and praise you, God. Lord, I, I, I pray, God, that as we come before you, you would look upon what we have talked about and what we have learned and heard, God, yes. the things that we have heard. I pray, God, that your spirit would bring back to our remembrance yes. in the time of need the things that we have learned and that we would apply it, God, that we would apply your word, that we would remind you of what you've said, God, yes. So that we can pray in your will and we can pray according to your will, God. I pray that you would allow us to continue to experience your love, yes, your joy, Lord. and your peace, yes, God. Lord. That we would not let the cares of this life mm. choke the seeds that have been planted, God. But yes, that Lord. they would fall on good ground and that they would germinate and bring forth a tree. And that the tree would bring forth fruit mm. and that the fruit would remain, God. Yes. I pray, God, that you would give us the grace for the things that will not change, the mercy when we fall short, which we do time and time again. I pray for the favor to obtain the things we cannot on our own. We thank you and we praise you. you and we give your name glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We want to know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the Lifehouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.